Okay. Man, what are you going to do for the service? Tell them to talk loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to make some new ones. Uh-huh. Hey, Brother Ben, what's a good phrase to like. Tips, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, 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 that's good. <laughs> If you don't have money, don't talk to me. <laughs> that's fair. Fair enough. Here, what time is it? It is 56. We're just making sure you're on time. <laughs> I know you live like a minute away, but we just want to make sure you're The Lord will never be the Lord might sometimes be late, but he's always on time. By what? <laughs> Something like that. The Lord's never, is the Lord ever late? But, but, he but he's because of, he's not on time. But he's always on time. That's right. He's controlled time. Yes. <laughs> if he's on time, he's never late. I guess that works too, yeah. <laughs> Elias, do we need to move the, the choir lights or? That's what I was saying. Because he's never been back. Huh? In the, he's never back. If he says Get up, no, 
Park Baptist Church. Good to see everyone this afternoon. The great variety would love for you to join us in singing hymn 157. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Hymn 157. I'll fly away. Hymn 157. We'll do all verses and then we'll have a word of prayer after this hymn. Amen. 157, I'll fly away, here we go. A uh, some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away, oh, I'll fly away, oh, glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars have flown, I'll fly away. Oh, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away, uh, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away. To a land where joy shall never end, I'll fly away. Oh, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away in the morning when I die. Hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. giving us the opportunity to gather again, Lord, in your house of worship, Lord, to give you honor and glory, dear God. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, guide our paths, always help us to stay focused on you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, for sending your precious Son, Jesus, down the cross for us, and it's in your mighty name that we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you can remain standing, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 180, hymn 180, hymn 180. You can't fly away until you first learn to stand on the promises of God. 180, standing on the promises of God. Sing along. Ah, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, I'm standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, 
by the living word of God. I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. My Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to him eternally by love, strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. My Savior, standing, I'm standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Uh, standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. My Savior, standing, I'm standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. Welcome to our afternoon service. We're glad that you're here today. I hope you were able to pick up a bulletin this morning. If you didn't get one this morning, there's still some out there, and I encourage you to get one. Just a few announcements. Don't forget about um, teachers meeting immediately following this service, teachers and workers meeting. If you're interested in being a teacher or a worker in our Sunday school, in our bus ministry, in the uh, junior church program, uh, in any of those programs that involve our children, uh, then you will need to be at the meeting following this service today. Uh, if you are a teacher or a worker, we need to have you there as well. Amen. And then don't forget that the next uh, sat next Sunday will be um, our fifth Sunday. Brother Al Reichman will be with us, uh, missionary to the Israelites, uh, to the Jewish nation. And then also after that, we'll be having a potluck, uh, fifth Sunday potluck dinner and our singing afterwards. Now, we need your help. Uh, we need your help to sign up for the food. Right now, only two people. Families are bringing food, amen? So if you've got something you'd like to bring, and you say, well, I'm not sure what I'm going to bring, then put your name up there. Uh, and then if, if you're like anybody else I know in the church, a couple people, I won't say any names, uh, <clears throat> Miss Dilly, and um, who would <laughs> sign their name and then somebody else's dish, that's fine too, amen? And, uh, but just sign up, if you would, please, uh, for, for that as well, amen? Uh, we really appreciate what you do here, your faithfulness your kindness, your giving, and everything that we do. We're able to do so much here at our church. For its size, it's amazing because of you. And we want to thank you for that and the way you give. Preacher, you want to come now? Amen. Uh, please. Uh, and it's not about coming and eating. It's never about the food. It's about the fellowship. Amen. And so please let me encourage you. Please stay 
And uh, if we if we get finished eating a little early, then we'll come back in here a little early. All right. If we come back at one thirty, that'll be fine. We won't come back before that one thirty. But but if we get through eating and uh, we can tell things are kind of winding down, we'll come back. But uh, but please come and and bring something and stay and fellowship a little bit. That's how families get to know one another. And and so I want to encourage you, please, you, you do that. But sign up out here so that we can. Uh, know that we have plenty there there usually is plenty uh, but sometimes it's nice to know that there's going to be plenty all right y'all still here say amen Amen. Uh, let me go let's go ahead and do this I appreciate the offering this this morning for brother Will Uh, you did you did well and I appreciate that and we've got a we've got his card here I I hate to give it to him now because if we do he may try to leave you know (laughs) and uh, but um, but you know he's I've you might want to start over this way now, Brother Will, because, you know, he's like 70. It might take him a minute, you know, and he's kind of, he gets a little decrepit. But I did have the years wrong. I, I think he's 33, working on 34 years that he's been here. So, uh, and he's been playing the piano, and he do, he has been faithful. And, and so I appreciate that. And, and so if we want to go ahead and happy birthday to you. Happy Okay. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, he got to go back and hide behind the piano. But but remind, I did just now remind him he has to cash that. Okay. Right, right. So he said okay, he would do that. But uh, again, I, I appreciate that. And you know, mom, dad left this afternoon, and dad even said um, the way he does. I'll not tell you how he said it, but he said that you got a good spirit in the church and. And he said he enjoyed the services today, appreciated the services, and so did my mom. And I'm glad you got to know them. And he wants to come back, <clears throat> so pray for him that we can get a driver for him, all right? Uh, and I mean this all my heart. At 90 years old, uh, it's tough to do that. Yes. Yes. Okay, if any of you have had older parents, that's a, that's a difficult thing uh, to try to get your parents at that age to get someone to help you because they're independent. And so pray for him. It's especially hard for him. Trust me. Uh, when God made our family, uh, I was telling my brother this the other day. When God made our family, he goes, you know, hey, let's just take this mold and we'll just kind of set it over here. Because we don't want anyone, you know, any, anything accidentally to make another one like that. Uh, but I'm thankful for our family. And uh, I'm thankful for my mom and dad. And I was, I was I really glad they... Here that they had a blowout this morning on their way, and and in fact, Brother Tracy and Miss Mallory saw them. They went by them, and the police came and changed it. But uh, keep them in your prayers, and I would certainly uh, appreciate that. And again, thank you, thank you for the offering for Brother Will. Amen. Now it's time to have another offering. Man, I Baptists do two things really well: they have offerings and they eat. They eat. Amen. Yeah. So uh, may the Lord bless you this afternoon as you give, dear Father. We thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your uh, your mercy and your grace, you watch care over us. I'm thankful, God, that you, uh, Lord, even protect us, God. And, and uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be sensitive to one another's burdens, God, as I'm going to preach here in just a few moments. And, 
Pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, to preach, uh, Lord, through about the life of Moses. And I think we, we're coming to really a turning point in Moses' life. And, God, I pray that we'll glean from it, Lord, uh, this afternoon. Lord, again, we thank you for our people and their uh, generosity, their willingness to give. And, Lord, thank you for their faithfulness in giving. Bless them, Lord, in this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 443. Hymn 443, what a day that will be. Hymn 443, what a day that will be. Hymn 443, what a day that will be. Uh, there is coming a day. When no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day. Oh, what a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day. What a day that will be when Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day. That will be. Let's do that chorus again. Acapulco. Oh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, 
that will be. Amen. At this time, I want you to briefly greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon's special. Amen. sights the blind, that heals the sick, the lonely finds. It has the power to free the bound, as chains they fall. Cleanse my soul and let his crimson glory flow. Because he lives to make me whole, I owe my life, I owe my all. So tell you he's alive to 
to tell you that he dries every tear that falls. So I come to tell you that he saves, to shout and to proclaim that he's coming back for you. tried to hide this precious blood that gave me life but in three days he breathed again and rose to stand in my defense Thank you, ladies. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Please continue to pray for the sound system. We're getting everything done. I'm, I'm good. Thank you, Brother Mark. We still have some things that's not here yet. Our microphones and some other things like that are not here. And uh, But, man, it's already made a difference. And uh, I'm... I can hear, I mean, I can hear the difference, and we've already had several that have even mentioned that, and I'm thankful for that. The the men are still on the learning curve in the back. Y'all pray for them because I know two of them that are back there, they need your prayer. You know, so anyway, uh, so keep that in your prayers, all right? Um, Exodus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, we'll read down through verse 15, found your place, say amen. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face, uh, uh, or fled, fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Dear Father, I pray, God, that you'd help us as we go through these next few verses. And, Lord, uh, as we kind of do some prospecting here, 
Uh, God, in your word, I pray, God, that you'd help us to draw out those things that we need, Lord, that will help us and strengthen us. And uh, God, help us to be better equipped, Lord, to face tomorrow, even the rest of this day. And so, God, I pray, your Holy Spirit, that you'd move in our hearts. Help me, God, to stay out of your way. I pray for the liberty of the uh, of God to preach, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we we all have plans. How many of y'all got plans after church today? Yeah, we all got plans. Um, and, I mean, we all you know, make arrangements for things. In fact, I, I found a few uh, sayings about plans. It says, an hour of planning can save you ten hours of doing. That's, I thought that was pretty good. A, a goal without a plan is a wish. Uh, another saying says, if the plan doesn't work, change the plan, not the goal. Uh, and I thought that was pretty good. Well, Moses had a plan. Amen? But the problem was it wasn't God's plan. And it wasn't God's timing. And when we left off last week, we asked, what was Moses' motivation for leaving the palace? And I asked this question, what is our, what is your motivation for serving God? Um, our motivation ought to be, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 14, where it says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. That word constraineth, it means to control or devote or grips and and, and so the love of Christ ought to control us. It ought to be that which uh, that grips us and, and, and causes us to do what we do. No matter what the situation we find ourselves in, uh, listen, we must and let the love of Christ constraineth us. It'll save you from a lot of heartache, save you from a lot of undue suffering if we uh, respond and react in a way that brings glory to God. The love of Christ ought to control us. Uh, his love for us ought to be our motivation for serving Him. Uh, after all, I quoted this this morning. Uh, we love Him because why? Because He first loved us. So here in these verses, we find that Moses separating himself from Pharaoh's house and and identifying with the Israelites involved more for Moses than giving up privileges and the advantages that were brought on by being called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. It involved moving away from Egypt, which is a picture of, of the world, by the way. Uh, and it, so it's a picture of Moses moving uh, away from, uh, from the world and toward being the deliverer of God's people. Now, in fact, Moses started his work of reformation or his work of of delivering the Israelites by trying to reform the condition of the Israelites. But his reform started by killing an Egyptian. And his reform, if you look at it, lasted only about two days. And it didn't accomplish anything. Uh, what it did accomplish, though, was to show Moses that his timing was not God's timing and his plan was not God's plan. Can I tell you, if you make plans, we need to understand that our timing in those plans and in those goals are not always God's goal plan and, and, and God's timing. So we've got to learn how just to wait on God. That's the hard part. I mean, I just love waiting. 
I love it when I get in a traffic jam and you're sitting out there on the interstate and the speed limit is 75 and you're going zero. I just love it. I mean, I look for opportunities to sit in traffic or sit in a, uh, yeah, 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 be careful, or sit in line at a fast food place. We, when we drive home, there's a new fast food place out here on 121. And they literally, we drove by there the other evening after 9 o'clock, 9.15 or something like that, going home. And, and the cars were literally wrapped around, at, I'm, I bet, at least a half a mile, two double stacked. And the police were out there. And I told my wife, I said, that is unreal. I'll wait for about three to six months, and then I'll just walk in there and give me something, find out. Uh, but, we, but, but God's timing is not always ours. And... And so sometimes we we have to wait. But I want you to see something here about what's going on with Moses. And the first thing that we see is that his first act in his attempt at reform was to kill this Egyptian. And if you look in verse 11, uh, notice what it says. It says, when it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now, when Moses saw this, one commentator states this, Alas, some of us can go up and down in society and never see the burdens which our brethren are called to bear. In other words, no compassion for those who carry burdens and carry problems. And folks, listen, just because you see... Uh, folks, when they come into this place, and we'll just bring it right down to where we live, when you know, and they're here faithfully, and uh, you see them all dressed up, and they look nice, and they have a smile on their face. Listen, it doesn't mean that all is well. Uh, it doesn't mean that they've had a, you know, that man, life is just a grease plank to heaven. Uh, it, listen, Moses, watch, had his eyes on others, and he saw their burdens and had compassion. And let me say this. Compassion can be misdirected and it can also be misused. There's false teachers and false preachers who make deceptive statements in order to uh, fleece people. There's uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. And they stand in places just like this. Uh, They prey on the weak. Uh, Those who are unsure about uh, maybe spiritual things and uh, they get bogged down in doubt and uh, they get bogged down in, about what's true and what's not true. Uh, and we ought to have compassion on those. We ought to have compassion on those who are burdened and hurting and those who are dealing with problems. But folks, listen, in God's work, I want you to understand this, compassion is not always enough. Are, are y'all, y'all kind of, don't try to, if you try to get ahead of them, you might get lost. But now watch this, God, compassion in God's work is not enough. We have to have direction from God. Amen. We must have God's command before we act. We, we can't be willy-nilly in the work of God. We can't, you know, I, I used to tell my brother-in-law, he's a pilot, and, and there were times I felt like he was literally flying by the seat of his britches. Listen, that's an old saying, and, and, and when you're taking your pilot's, uh, getting your pilot's license, they put a hood on you, that that's it's like blinders. It's like this, and it's got a hood on it over the top, to where the only thing that you can see is those instruments. And I can remember one time he was telling me that that he's flying along trying to get his rating and whatever, and he's driving a little single engine uh, Piper Cub type thing when he first started out, and 
and uh, his instructor's sitting over here in the co-pilot seat. He's here. He's got the blinders on. I mean, all of his attention is focused on the, uh, on the instruments and, and things. And that guy kept telling him, listen, you have to trust the instruments. And the guy reached over and shut the plane off. Now, there's one thing about an airplane that I know, I don't know a lot about them, but I do know that if you turn the motor off, you're in trouble. Amen? I mean, there's a reason why that thing is out there. In an airplane, I told my brother-in-law one time, it is meant to be in the air until you get ready for it not to be there. And when that guy did this, I mean, uh, the instructor took the plane and, and, and turned it in such a direction, and it was... Uh, my brother-in-law's responsibility to get that plane restarted and, and get that thing righted in the air. But now there's a, there's a way, if you're not careful, you feel like in the seat of your britches, flying by the seat of your britches, you feel like the plane is doing one thing, but that instrument panel is telling you that it's doing something else. And so he tells him, listen, no matter what you feel like this plane is doing, you trust those instruments. Listen, I'm here to let you know when it comes to our Christian lives and spiritual things and in the the direction of Central Park Baptist Church, we cannot and must not fly by the seat of our pants. We must follow our instrument panel. Listen, we, we've got to put on blinders, if you will, and, and, and stay focused on the Word of God and focused on, his, on what He tells us to do in, in ministry and in our Christian lives if we are going to fulfill the will of God in our life. Amen. Amen. Uh, Moses, he, he had compassion, but it, it was misdirected. Now, watch. In fact, if you look in Jude 24 and you write this down, um, when some folks, well, let me let me say, Moses had his eyes on others. I don't. I'll just I'll just keep moving. Jude twenty four says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Now Moses had compassion, but he didn't have God's command from from God to move forward. In fact, if you when you're reading here in chapter uh, two, verses eleven through fifteen, his marching orders don't come for another forty years. Now, listen, uh, you know, I can wait a little bit, but 40 years is different. Amen? Uh, Sometimes folks have a hard time making their passion for something uh, submissive to the will of God. Are y'all still? Amen. Our passion or compassion for something must align with the word of God. Because compassion alone won't work. I'm telling you, sometimes the the direction God wants us to go gets a little difficult. We can have compassion for it, but I'm telling you, if we don't have the direction of God in it, listen, that compassion is going to fade off. And if you're not acting in the will of God for your life and you know it, then listen, if you're not careful, you'll give up, you'll quit. Well, Moses' attempt here to begin... Israel's exodus was not according to God's plan. God's timing, God wasn't ready. But he was still called of God. Uh, The call of God will never conflict with God's word or God's will. In fact, look in Acts chapter 7. We used this verse of scripture last week. Acts chapter 11. And and, and look at verse uh, 23. Acts chapter 7. 
Verse 23. It's talking about Moses. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Now the question is, now watch this. We're talking about compassion. Uh, How did it come into his heart, into Moses' heart, to visit his brethren? He grew up in the house of, uh, in the palace. He grew up in the care of, of, uh, of an Egyptian. Uh, uh, the son, or he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So how did it come to be in the heart of Moses for him to visit his brethren? Well, look in Hebrews. Turn, turn on over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And look in verse 24 and verse 25. Found your place, Amen. Oh, that ain't enough. Now, don't just listen. I want you to look at it, okay? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 25. It says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So we're told that Moses acted in faith. And faith rests upon the word of God. So... When he was 40, Moses, when he was 40 years old, God paid him a visit. God communicated something to Moses. Listen, uh, and that communication was that what? That you're to deliver this people Israel. Well, how did he get that? Well, he, he had a mother that raised him for a little while before they took him to the palace. And, and that mother placed uh, the word of God in his heart that so when God paid him a visit, Moses still recognized the voice of God and he responded in that way. Now look back in verse 11 and 12 of Exodus, 2, uh, Exodus chapter 2. When Moses went out to look upon his brethren, Moses saw injustice. So he responded. Now, he responded wrong. He responded in the flesh. Now, there was injustice taking place. Am I right? I mean, that's what God says. I mean, in fact, it wasn't just an injustice what he looked on. It was for the Israelite people as a whole. Uh, These taskmasters, they were cruel. And the one Moses saw, watch, was smiting his brethren, and it was unjustified. But Moses' response was just as unjustified as what the taskmaster was doing. Moses was right in his indignation, but he was wrong in his method. The Bible says to be angry and... Come on, be angry and... Yeah, sin not. That's okay to be angry when there's injustices. But we've got to be careful how we respond to those injustices. We can still respond in a godly fashion. Amen. Listen, methods are important. But those, listen, but people who are out of the will of God often use wrong methods. Amen. And, and I just wrote this down, and, and I'll just, so I, I guess the Lord wants me to say it, so I'll just say it. Worldly methods have no place in the church. However, a lot of churches have incorporated worldly methods in order to try to reach their objective. Uh, Watch. Now, Moses was right in being upset. I mean, he saw brethren being uh, uh, smitten by a taskmaster, but he was wrong in killing that Egyptian. Look in verse 12. Notice what it says. And he looked, what? Everybody here has probably done that. 
Yeah. I mean, when that verse says, and he looked this way and that way, it tells me that Moses, from the get-go, knew what he was about to do was wrong. Yeah. One commentator said this, whenever we look around to shun a mortal's frown or catch his smile, we may rest assured there's something wrong. And we're reminded, listen, oftentimes about Moses' faulty attitude right here and in uh, observing how Christians serve the Lord. I mean, a lot of folks get anxious about what other people think and, and far too often pastors, you know, they stick their finger in the air of, of society and see which way the wind of opinion at the church is blowing before they take action. God help us. Listen, uh, when we do things, we pray about them. And we ought to. And we pray about them, not just a couple of days. You know, can you pray about this a couple of hours before I make a decision? No, wait a minute. You should have been praying several weeks ago, if not months ago, about what you're about to do. And listen, if we pray about it, we pray about things as a church, then you know what? God will lead us in the right direction. But we've got to have the direction of God. And if God doesn't give us a piece about it, guess what? We're not going to do it. Amen. But Moses, he looked around. You know, I mean, he was trying to see what to do. And, you know, and he thought, well, I mean, listen, churches look around today and, and, and do things because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, preachers don't preach on certain things because they don't want to go against the congregation. Help! Listen, I don't make decisions or and talk to our our deacons and our men and and say, you know what, this is what I want to do, and we're going to do it. Uh, uh, y'all follow me? Say, Amen. I know, and that sometimes folks think that. You know how I know? They told me, uh, but that's okay. Uh, listen, a lot of prayer. And, and supplication go into uh, the decisions we make here. And it ought to be that way. But folks, listen, if we're not careful, if we, if we have our eyes uh, on, on what someone else thinks, our, 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 our public opinion, or things like that, and, and if we're not careful, if, if, if folks don't get their way, or if they don't get that pat on the back, and, or even if they're criticized, you know what's going to happen? You're going to quit serving. Listen, if I, quit, if, I, if I quit serving or if I would have quit serving because somebody didn't pat me on the back or because I got criticized, uh, me and my wife probably never had gotten ministry because I watched things happen to my mom and dad who sat right here this morning and that's one of the reasons why I never wanted to be a pastor. I mean, I saw what happened. I lived in a preacher's home and I'm thinking, man, that's what's happening in there. I'm not, I don't want to be one of them. So I took, I took my own plan, and I, I went my own path. And I thought, man, I know where I want to go. I'm going to go in the oil field. That was stupid. You know? Uh, be careful. Listen, if, uh, we've got to make sure when we do things, that, uh, and when we're serving God, that we serve with a clean heart, a right spirit. And that there's only one way to look and there's only one place to get help and that's from God himself. But Moses looked around and he got in trouble. Look in verse 13 and 14. I'll not take time to read it. But the day after Moses was killed, 
or excuse me, the day after Moses killed the Egyptian, I'll rephrase that, he, you know, um, after he killed that taskmaster, he finds two Hebrew men fighting. And notice what he says. He says, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? In other words, what are you hitting him for? Why are you being mean to him? And look in verse 13. Look at the guy's response. He, um, oh, let me, let me get it here. He says, and, and when he went out on the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him, uh, that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? Verse 14. And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? In other words, who died and made you king? I mean, who do you think you are? Now watch this. He challenges Moses right away. He didn't even uh, acknowledge that he had done anything wrong. He deflected that and he said, listen, Moses, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he'd already said that. And then he goes, well, well why, are you hitting your, why are you hitting your brother? Well, who died and made you king? You know, he said, well, don't make me fess up. Don't make me acknowledge that I'm doing anything wrong. I'm, I'm going to throw it right, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones. He throws it right back. It just, it just went right off of him. Now, watch this. The man, uh, he said, who do you think you are? Now, listen, I've learned over the years, I want you to get this, that if you're in the place of leadership, that that gives everybody else the right to give you a piece of their mind. Come on, if, you've, if you're in a position of leadership, I'm telling you, it happens. Uh, I mean, they, uh, they point their finger of accusation, and they'll give you what for. Yep. And, and they don't, they, they, and, and listen, you can't defend yourself. Because if you defend yourself, and we're talking about this guy, if you defend yourself, you know what they say? Well, that's not very Christian. Right. Man, I can't believe you said that. I mean, you did, and then you stand up and you say, well, wait a minute, and then you give them a, a, a good answer, and they say, oh, well, you're not very Christian. Yeah. Now, don't misunderstand the point. What Moses did was absolutely wrong. But God didn't get, listen, God didn't need any help taking care of Moses. I mean, have you ever noticed today that the criminal often attacks the arresting officer? I mean, every once in a while, uh, I'm thumbing through the channels and, and my wife, I make her watch stuff. You know, we watched Cops Reloaded. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they chase these guys down and, they, they, and the criminal has done something and they run, they run through the bushes and, you know, where the rabbits couldn't go kind of thing and everybody's scratched up and the, the police officer, he's got them down and, and he has them handcuffed, picks them up and the guy goes, what are you doing that to me for? I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, well, he's doing it because he needed a little exercise running and he wanted to run through these stickers and brushes and, you know, he didn't have nobody else to pick on, so he just kind of picked you out and slung you down and, you know, and I mean, uh, that's just what we do. Well, you know, it's often the same way when God gets our attention about our sin. Well, God, I mean, why did you do that to me for? Listen, I'm coming to church once a month. I put $10 in the offering plate two weeks ago. 
I mean, God, why are you letting this happen to me? And, and you see what happens? Then we begin to blame God for all of our shortcomings. But wait a minute. Sometimes things come in our life that God may be trying to test us. You remember Job? I just got through reading the book of Job the other day. Listen, not one time did Job sin. He talked to God. And he was, listen, he was upset with God. And he made it known. But listen, not one time in his indignation did he disrespect God or did he sin. Yeah. And did he do anything wrong? No. Uh, he was just testing him. Listen, I want you to understand, we've got to be careful sometimes when, when we go through things. Uh, our society is so unbalanced. Listen, we often give honor to the criminal. I mean, and watch, this contempt for Moses reveals, watch, that Israel wasn't ready to be delivered. Listen, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. You can't. Uh, Israel wasn't ready. You say, how do you know? Well, who died and made you king? Now, God's timing wasn't ready, but listen, God will get us to the place where we're ready for some deliverance. I'm telling you. Uh, but listen, we've got, we've got to come to that place. Uh, I'm, uh, let, let me keep going. Um, the contempt for Moses, again, and let me say it again, reveals that Israel was not ready to be delivered. Um, and this is a typical reaction from an unrepentant sinner. And we're, we're reminded, you remember the, the demon that God cast out of the swine? Uh, and you remember, remember what happened to them when he cast them in there? They said, listen, don't just cast us out into nothing. There's some swine over there. Put us in them. And then when he cast them in there, they, the Bible says that they ran off over a cliff. And then when they ran off over the cliff and, and, and the man was delivered, here comes some of the townspeople. Well, why'd you do that for? Man, I mean, we were, well, I mean, this is how we was making some, some benefit. We were prospering over the, listen, watch, and then they, you know what happened? In other words, they were saying, solve our problems, but save our pigs. Yeah. Listen, we got a lot of pigs in our life. Uh, and we want God to, you know, get rid of the problem, but Lord, uh, you know, save, uh, take care of it and let me stay where I'm at. Yeah. Listen, God doesn't want you to stay where you're at. He wants you to get cleaned up and get out of it. Amen. Amen. Uh, Notice in verse 14. Moses, I put the shock of being rejected. He said, who who made thee prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedest the Egyptian? And it says, and Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. After all, listen, didn't, you know, think about it. Moses is out there, and he sees this guy uh, getting killed or getting beat up on, and Moses kills this guy, and, and, he, 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 and, and he's trying to help this guy. And he says, who, you know, why, you know why, who died you made you judge? And, and then Moses says, well, now, wait a minute. I mean, I'm just trying to help you here. Don't you realize where I come from? Man, I gave up the palace to come out here. I gave up, 
I gave up the, the privileges of being the son of Pharaoh's daughter to come out here and just deliver you. Just show me a little re, a respect and appreciation. Don't you know where I've, what I've come from and what I'm giving up to help you? Listen, be careful. Sometimes people have that same idea. They, I've heard testimonies over the years about how, man, this guy gave up a lucrative job to be a pastor. Listen, I didn't give up anything to do what I'm doing. I didn't come, I didn't take a step down to be a pastor. I took a step up. Listen, and if we do anything outside the will of God, it's always a step down. But when we step into the will of God, it's always a step up. And we gave up nothing to do it. We need to be careful about that. I mean, Moses could have said, you know, just give a little credit. Don't reject me. I mean, I, uh, how about a little thanks here? Look in Acts chapter 7 and verse 25. Acts chapter 7. Look back in verse 25. <clears throat> it says, here's, here's, I mean, here it is. For he, Moses, supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. I mean... Even after 40 years of being gone, and that's later. I mean, when Moses came back, they still treated him bad. And they still complained about him. Um, and the situation's not unique to Moses, by the way. You remember, there's a, there was a man that did the same thing. His name was Jesus. And the Bible said that he came unto his own. And his own received him not. Listen, I'm here to let you know when you serve God, it's going to be a little difficult. It's not going to always be easy. And there's going to be some that you would think would understand. They would, they'll, they'll understand why you don't do some of the things you do. Uh, and you'll be reviled for it. You know, oh, well, I don't, I'm sorry, I can't go there. Uh, I can't do that because they drink or that. Listen, and they'll say, oh, you're a, one of them. You're one of them goody two-shoes. You're one of them Bible thumpers. You're one, I mean, they'll call you all kinds of things simply because you don't want to give place to the devil in your life. Amen. But listen, I'm here to let you know you just stand and do the right thing. It's okay to do right. Amen. And, but they won't understand because, listen, one, listen, the, the ways of the righteous condemn the wicked. So if I can get you to do something wrong, it's, it'll make me feel a lot better. Yeah, uh, anybody who serves God will find out real quick that those who are trying to help will often be the first to misinterpret what you say. And they'll reject you, they'll rail on you, they'll turn against you. Uh, and that's what's happened here. Uh, look in verse 11. Uh, go back there, it says, um, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out and his brethren and he looked here and there. Now, now watch this. We're, we're talking about the shock of being re, uh, revealed. Moses, uh, you'd think he was real careful, right? I mean, didn't he look around and make sure that nobody was watching? And then when he thought, man, nobody will see me. And what did he do? He killed the Egyptian. But Numbers 23, 23. You know, it, it's in the Bible. It, 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 it says, be sure you're sinned. We'll find you out. What Moses did did not go unseen. And the same goes for you and me as well. God always sees. 
always. And it's never right to do wrong. No matter what motivation you may have, it's never, it, may, it may not even be a bad thing in and of itself. But it's, if it's not God's will, listen, it's, not, it's a sin, period. Um, look at the reaction of the king in verse 15. Oh, you read that. It, Moses' decision to leave Pharaoh's house made Pharaoh mad. After all, you'd think that, you know, um, it'd be different. But it also made him mad that uh, Moses killed that Egyptian taskmaster. I mean, he, uh, he wanted to kill Moses as a result. But not for this reason only, but because Pharaoh now believes that Moses is a threat to the throne. I mean, if you go back and read through Scripture, they killed these guys left and right. If they thought they were a threat to the throne, they'd kill them in a heartbeat. Uh, and he thought Moses was that. Moses, um, I mean, after all, he could incite an uprising. They knew who he was. They knew who he, that he was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, all this, had, he had the potential to threaten the stability of Egypt, so the Pharaoh wanted to kill him. Later on, now Moses, we're going to talk about, I, I, you know, this is Moses' reform. It only lasted two days. But next week, I've, I've, I've called it Moses the running man uh, because he, he took off. Uh, but listen, 40 years to the future, Moses will be back. He's running now. Uh, he's about to take off. He, he doesn't know it, but I mean, he's about to. He's about to go. Uh, but in the future, 40 years, he's back, and he's standing in the palace that he left face-to-face with Pharaoh, confronting him about letting God's people go. And you know, when I thought about that, I thought, man, what a difference it makes when you're walking in the will of God. I mean, when we're walking in God's plan, we're different people. You follow me? I mean, uh, when we know that we are doing what God wants us to do, and, and by the way, God's will will never contradict His word. Ever, ever, ever. Not even a little. It'll never contradict with his word. Um, and when you stand, and you stand in the will of God for your life, listen, I'm telling you, uh, we stand in confidence. Uh, and and it's, sometimes it's still hard. It doesn't make it any easier to take a stand. Uh, but we can still stand in confidence and assurance knowing that God is helping us. We're different. It may not eliminate our enemies. Uh, it probably will not eliminate their animosity towards us, but it will give us divine boldness and divine safety in the face of evil. You think Moses, I mean, I believe he had confidence when he came back 40 years later, but right now, he didn't have any of that. And the reason was is because he wasn't walking in the will of God. It wasn't God's timing. It was God's plan, but the timing was all off. It was God's plan, but the methods were all messed up. It was God's plan, but Moses didn't have God's direction and God's command for him to start doing it at that time. Sometimes we do things, listen, we got to be careful that we do them in the perfect will of God for our life. God help us to always respond in that way. So I, the question I want to ask is, uh, are you standing or are you running? I mean... Because you say, well, what makes a difference? The will of God. If you're standing in the will of God, then you'll stand. 
Uh, if you're not in the will of God, then you have a tendency to run. Uh, when, listen, we've got to take refuge in the things of God. Uh, one of the worst things you could do in the oil field when things were going bad was to run. Best thing you could do is just stand still. Um, uh, there was a, a what we, they call a blowout where it blows all the pipe out of the out of the hole because of all this pressure. And there was two inch pipe in the in the ground, and and the, you could see it start rumbling, and and we knew that something was going on, and it started blowing that pipe out of the hole, and and me and another guy we ran and got under the rig, and I mean it's big. Man, one guy we always talk, talk about. They had people have rabbit in them. In other words, they like to run. He took off running about 100 yards away from the rig, blew the pipe out, and it landed on him and killed him. Listen, it's all because he ran. He didn't take refuge in the one thing that could give him safety. Listen, a lot of people today outside the will of God, they run instead of taking refuge in the very thing that can help them and give them strength, they run from it, and they wind up in trouble. Can I encourage you today? Listen, don't run from God. If you're running, it's probably because you're steeped in your own self-centeredness. So stop and just take a minute, take a deep breath, and then say, okay, Lord, here am I. Send me and walk in his perfect will. And all God's people can say, Father, help us. God, we often get...